Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag BYU. Oh, excitement with everything that's been going on, especially during the fall camp and a lot of uncertainty, even going on with scheduling and stuff. We know that this has now been down to single digit days and now it's within the week. I think the guys are kind of transitioning to feeling a little bit normal, getting some some of that normal feeling back and going to school. I mean, we're wearing masks. We're doing all that stuff that we can to do it the right way. But it's just showing that we're trending towards something that can possibly return back to normal life. Kalani Sataki talking about the opener, BYU and Navy, tonight at 6 o'clock. PK, this is the most glamorous game on their schedule. On paper, it's the best program. It may not be the best team, but it's the best program. The time slot, the opportunity is there for the Cougars to look really good. This is the most hype they've ever received for a game. Actually, I mean, ESPNU yesterday showing BYU games all day. You had as far back as the Holiday Bowl when Ty Detmer was a senior, capped it with the last year's overtime win against Tennessee. They've never received this much run-up to a game in the program's history. I defy anybody to argue, don't hashtag PK full of crap at me. That'd be a lot of hostility for early on a holiday morning. Can we really get that hashtag trending? No. But that's me. We love DJ. He's everybody's buddy, but not so much with me. I said it. This never has been. We've never seen a buildup to a game in BYU history more. No more pub that they've gotten tonight. This actually turned out better than they could have possibly imagined. Now, of course, they've got to win the game. There is that small detail. And to that point, Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. How good is Navy? What kind of challenges do they provide? The defense is supposed to be good. How good? And specifically, what do they do that could cause Zach Wilson problems? We'll get to that coming up at 8 o'clock with Pete Medhurst. And now, to the rest of college football. Hashtag college football. Everybody has been, we want to play as soon as we possibly can. And we're ready to play. We'd be ready. We could be ready to play a game in two weeks. Uh, just get the pads on. And our guys have trained without a, without a pause since June 15th. So that's our position. We're ready to play as soon as we possibly can play. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan's coach right there. They've been practicing. How, you know, PK, it's a, I forget which Mac school it was, but they said, Coach, if you got bad news, don't tell us till we're done with this uh, whatever special teams unit they're working on. I think it was some punt cover team or something. Uh, because the guys were saber in practice. It was at least a hint of the sport they loved. But then there's the, uh, and you remember this from your days in high school, practice ever feel like drudgery? Can we get from practice and get to a game? Who wants to practice forever? And Michigan, man, since, since June 15, that's got to feel like forever. Well, I don't think that it's June 15th. I think it's January 1st. It's always forever. You're always practicing when you are in that situation. Everything is a practice leading up to that. Maybe it's a little more formal since June 15th, but you're constantly practicing. That's one of the reasons why I played baseball is because I love the practice. I love to be outside. 
and I loved the practices of baseball where I didn't like the practices of football and basketball, which I played as a freshman. I played all three and then concentrated on baseball, although by the results you wouldn't know it, but nevertheless, that's what I did. I loved the practice. I loved baseball practice. I loved the smell of the leather, the grass, the sunshine. I got it in abundance when I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. But I think players are always practicing. Everything you're doing is geared towards playing a game, and now that's been taken away. Well, they're always in the weight room, and they're always watching video, that's for sure. And is there anything that's more fun in practice than batting practice? I mean, is there anything else in any sport that would match batting? But just getting in the cage and hitting, that doesn't seem like drudgery, does it? <laughs> no, that particular sport really didn't to me. I loved it. Because you have to remember going back there in, in Arizona, you could do it basically year-round if you wanted. Well, you couldn't do that in uh, New Jersey where I had been say, just a year earlier. You know, you had to wait, wait, wait. And then when you got a day, you ran out there and it was like heaven because the next five days were going to rain. <laughs> so the idea when spring came, oh my gosh, I couldn't have been happier. And we had little league practice and I could get out there. It just, it, it, it makes me happy just thinking about it. It's the advent of spring uh, for you, maybe it didn't mean as much as a kid because you couldn't really <laughs> tell didn't. the difference. But for me, it was a massive, massive deal. I used to tell you, man, when they would broadcast uh, Mets or Yankee games, uh, spring training, I'd run home. I took a school bus every every uh, all eight years, and I'd literally run home to try to catch the last couple of innings of the games down in Florida and, and see number 97, who I had no idea who he was, <laughs> whether it be the Yankees or the Mets or whoever they were playing. Uh, to just be able to experience and know that spring was coming. So that's what I feel like these players are. Notre Dame, or not Notre Dame, but uh, Navy and Miami. Miami, what am I getting at? Navy and BYU are feeling that today. This is their advent of spring, like I was when I was a kid. So there was some college football over the weekend. BYU's second opponent, Army, shut out Middle Tennessee State 42 to nothing. And when you run for 340 yards and you pass for... 20, you have, you have a 19-play, 99-yard <laughs> touchdown drive. They just pushed them around. They just pushed them up and down the field. That thing was over early. Middle Tennessee helped them out with, like, five turnovers. So I don't know what kind of read you got off Army from that game, PK. They're way better than Middle Tennessee State. It would be what you played a few years ago, but that was, that was really a really lopsided game. I got zero read. I didn't watch it. SMU beat Texas State 31-24. And Texas State will be playing BYU in October. So, Split decision for the Cougars. Future opponents over the weekend. Uh, The other college news comes from the University of Utah. Uh, Mark Harlan tweeting out that there's going to be department-wide furloughs. Everybody gets one week. Some people get up to eight weeks. He's apparently going to take two weeks. Not clear when... He'll have his two-week furlough or win Kyle will, but they're going to be off a couple weeks. All part of the effort to bring the budget back into alignment with the uh, with the TV not coming, TV money not coming in because there's no football games. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to be off a couple of weeks. They'll, you think they'll just have to work? Salary. Yeah. But there's there's plenty of people who've lost jobs because I was in communication with people on Friday, and uh, so yeah, it's a. It's a dark time there. We knew it was coming. He basically told us that in a Zoom call, and we knew that there would be something. But there's several people that have literally lost their job, and it just sucks on every level. And that it does. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag NFL. The money is 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 fine. It's, it's cool. But like my family told me last night, I didn't do it for the money. I mean, that's just something that comes with it. So, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's a lot right now, for sure. That's Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback. Four-year contract extension, $160 bucks, and overcome with emotion right there. Didn't do it for the money. When you start playing quarterback, however old you are, you can't know you're going to end up with a $160 million contract extension because when he started playing quarterback, there weren't $160 million contract extensions. Generational money, PK. Well... It's something that comes with it, and then what comes with it with comes with it. So I got two comes with it removed is financial freedom, which, you know, just ask the people who just got laid off last week at the U of U and ask people who are losing their job today and whatnot or don't have money. That is a tremendous blessing to have financial freedom. Jadavian Clowney is a Tennessee Titan. One year could be worth up to $15 million. There's some bonuses in there. So, uh... He lands, and Josh Rosen, the former UCLA quarterback who got let go by Miami, cuts over the weekend. He's going to end up in Tampa Bay on their practice squad. This is his third team in three years. He was the number one pick, PK, and he is bouncing around at a stunning rate. Yeah, I think he was picked around 10 or 11. Uh, I wonder how his broadcasting skills are. Put him on uh, college football games. Can you say Matt Leinert? He got through the pros and into the broadcast booth pretty quickly. Yeah, it looks like that's where it's trending because you remember we had on an Arizona reporter down in Hatches Station. Uh, I think we were talking about the Suns or something because there was some something going on. I asked him about the Cardinals because that's who drafted Rose. He said, yeah, they think they got their quarterback. They finally got it, you know, because they had gone through America around when Carson Palmer was hurt and before they got Kirk. Uh, Warner and all that stuff and yeah it turns out that not even close man it's surprising to me I'm not a quarterback evaluator but I thought he was decent he had a hard time staying healthy at college but I thought when he was healthy he was decent and now he's bounced around to his now he's not even really on a team practice squad is better than nothing but you're not on the team Exactly, and all you can think is Bruce Arians is thinking, all right, we're going to put him in a quarterback room with uh, Tom Brady and see if any of this rubs off because there are plenty of quarterbacks who've needed uh, uh, a couple of years before they got going, and, and you've seen teams – I mean, he must have had some talent to be a top-ten pick. You would think some talent. Tampa Bay now gets to uh, take a look at him and test drive him. Uh, the Jets kept five quarterbacks – Two are on the practice team, and three are on the roster. Boy, you're just keeping guys around. I hope something clicks with five quarterbacks. There's a cliche, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. What do you have when you have five? Well, you, you can have 40 as long as you have a starter. That's all that matters. I don't, I don't care who's behind him. I mean, it's Sam Darnold is the guy. It's Darnold's guy, yeah. Kafusi brothers, Bronson and Corbin, are on the Jets practice squad. Harvey Longy made the team's active roster. <laughs> okay, that's nice, but there's also plenty of other local guys who made other practice squads who didn't go to BYU. Uh, apparently, as Yach put this together, he wanted to give the Jets a shout-out. So it's well, a lot I of Jets. Five it's a lot of Jets info right there. 
DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Bledsoe working right. Bounce to Giannis in the lane. Flip it up. No good. And oh, that right ankle is done again, I think. And this time you could hear him. Oh, my gosh. Middleton catches on Hero. Backs it up. Shot clock at three. Middleton takes a three. Nailed it. Top of the circle. Chris Middleton drills it. Caruso up and James down. Another haymaker to start the second quarter, and the lead is 21. Lakers coming out hungry here in game two. Lakers build a big first half lead. Rockets run them down in the third quarter, and then the Lakers win the fourth quarter and win the game. 117-109. That series now tied at a game apiece. They're going to make Russell Westbrook shoot it, and they're going to live with the results and uh, the Lakers uh, enjoyed the results as Westbrook went 4 of 15 and, and 1 of 7. Yeah, man, you really saw it towards the end of the game. It's just other about 159 left. Harden passes it to Westbrook on the right side. It's got a little triangle with LeBron down below and P.J. Tucker in the corner. And LeBron just sort of took about a step and a half towards the middle to tell Westbrook, if you drive, I got gotcha. you. But I am not coming over you to you in a rotation because then you're just going to pass it to P.J. Tucker in the corner. And I'd rather have you shoot it than P.J. Tucker shoot it in the corner. And sure enough, LeBron just did that, took a step and a half, just stood there. I got you if you drive, but I'm not letting you pass it to a wide-open guy, so I'm not going to rotate to you. And Westbrook bricked it. Bricked it. Yeah, man, he's playing awful. It's not his game. It's never been his game. So you wonder if, he should, if they're going to give you a two- Take a two and just bag the three in that situation. So we were talking about how the Jazz bench got really short in the playoffs and the Rockets bench got really short. <laughs> Holy cow, they had one guy come off the bench and score. House had 13, he was 5 of 10, 3 of 7, and that'll get it done. But the other three guys, a combined uh, 0 for 5, they were 0 for 4 from 3. None of them went to the line. None of them grabbed a rebound. Uh... Rivers, McLemore, and Green. Green played most of the minutes. They combined for uh, 32 minutes. He had 22 of them. And you had no points. You got no rebounds. You got no steals. You got no free throws. That is really getting nothing out of your bench. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do anything with Rivers. He's been playing fairly well, but he didn't get much of, a, much of an opportunity there. And conversely, the Laker bench, I think with Rondo, that was probably the best game that they've had in the postseason. I'd go have to go back and look at all of them. But off the top of my head, I thought their bench, for what they need from their bench, is was outstanding. And then, of course, I believe that any time the two stars combine for 60 or more, they're going to win. Kuzma coming off the bench, going 6 of 7. Morris came off the bench. He was 6 of 8. And uh, unlike the other guys, you see guys getting steals. Uh, Rondo had 5 steals in there. Uh, and you see other guys rebounding. So, yeah, I think if uh, if the Lakers had the option of getting this for five straight games, they would take it in a heartbeat. As for the Bucks and the Heat, Milwaukee avoids the sweep. The term gentleman sweep, that is, that's a relatively new thing, isn't it, PK? It seems like everybody's using it now. I'm hearing it all the time, but I don't think I heard that two or three years ago. If you win at five, if you're up 3-0 and you win at five, that's, that's a gentleman sweep. Give them their Actually, dignity. I, let them win a game. I've never heard about that. I don't think I've ever heard that either. Uh, I've heard it. I, I, this weekend, I must have heard it like 10 times. Huh. But you're right. I mean, I, I never heard of it before either. But when they say it, I know what they're talking about. 
So Milwaukee, a little you guys dignity. Can win a game, we're still going to knock you out. Honest, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo was seen in a boot after the game after re-injuring his ankle. So if Middleton go for can go for 36 again and not miss a free throw, maybe they have a chance to win a second game. Miami's still up three to one in that series. Uh, today it's Clippers and Raptors at 4:30, and then uh, Celtics and Raptors at 4:30, and then Clippers and Nuggets at seven. And of course, we'll be occupied with BYU football at six. So. Won't see quite as much of these games, but uh, there they are. Jokic is questionable tonight. Sprained wrist. I view Jokic as a gamer. Unless I hear he's out, I figure he's going to play. Maybe he won't be uh, as good. We'll have to see what happens and if he gets hit or falls and falls on it or whatever and aggravates it. Don't you think he'll go, though, PK? I'm not a doctor. I, mean, I have no idea what his tolerance level of pain is. I wouldn't have any idea. Uh, if he can't play, well, it sucks for them, but it doesn't matter. The series goes on. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. We could clearly hear Vic Carapaza say, get out, get him out, and call security. And the, the camera is panning the, the upper deck, the suite level, and the only person there is Mike Rizzo. I, I, which I I'm mean, sure he's in the place where well, he's he'll... dedicated for him to be. Yes. So really hard this, for us is, to have any idea what this is about. This is bizarre. Baseball in 2020. See, when you don't have fans there, you can hear the general manager from the luxury suite. That would have never happened with 30,000 people in the ballpark. Wouldn't have been able to hear him. Was he saying something? What did he say? I don't know what he said, but he was saying something, and they, he didn't want to hear it. Allegedly, it was something about the strike zone and his unhappiness with it. So they ran him. Get security. Hall of Famer Lou Brock passing away at the age of 81 among the uh, the tributes and obituaries uh, to the Hall of Famer. Uh, I had no idea that he, the pitcher he faced the most in his career was Tom Seaver, and the batter Tom Seaver faced the most was Lou Brock, and they passed away within a, a few days of each other. Uh, led the Cardinals to a couple of World Series titles in 1960. He was the king of uh, 200 hits, 50 stolen bases. You know, the game's played completely different now. He didn't face shifts. No one told him to worry about launch angle. So, I don't know. the next. What happens to the next Lou Brock? Do, do we even know who the next Lou Brock is? Is anybody even trying for any of that anymore? Uh, 3,000 hits? I think everyone's trying for that. But not slapping the ball and putting it in play. Uh, I think most guys would take a base hit if they can get it. Home runs ruling the day. Matt Kemp's two-run homer, eighth inning. Colorado Rockies give the Dodgers a rare loss. 7-6, the final score. The Dodgers, best record in the National League and uh, by a pretty safe margin. 30-12, and 12, despite that loss to the Rockies. Padres are five games back. They took two out of three from Oakland. Fernando Tatis Jr. going opposite field for his 15th homer. Padres win 5-3. Uh, instant replay didn't really help Oakland out there. That safe at the plate, PK. Supposed to be figuring that stuff out. Didn't do it. Got a run taken away. I assume they'll have the regular awards in the postseason, but Tatis, in my mind, clearly is NL MVP. He's the guy... Who'd, who'd yeah, be close yeah, to him? He's leading the National League in home runs, and he's you know his team's got a good record, so that's always a good combination. The Dodgers have too many guys. 
Uh, Betts is outstanding. Sure, he could be in the running there. Uh, Goldschmidt's hitting well for the Cardinals. Uh, I'd have to go back and, and double-check a bunch of other guys. But, yeah, I would think that uh, Tatis would be the leader. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. No goal calls from Yak in this one. RSL beaten. A good first half, a horrible second half, and they lose four to nothing. Four nil. Minnesota United opening them up. The second uh, second choice lineup, but it still shouldn't have happened. That just it was like you could see heads dropping after the second goal PK, and then they got carved up. Coulda, woulda, shoulda had a goal early on, but whatever, instant replay. I guess they can go commiserate with the Oakland Oakland Athletics on that one. That looked like the ball was way into the goal. But allegedly they didn't have that angle. I don't know how they didn't have that angle. But it gave up four in the second half, so what does it matter? Beaten. Never won in Minnesota. The goalkeeping job still wide open. If you know anybody who wants to be the goalkeeper, they've gone through two guys, and I think we're going to see a third pretty quick. So that's 11 goals in the last four games. And I know a couple extenuating circumstances, but 11 goals is way too many. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice of the Naval Academy at 8 o'clock. Steve Cleveland. Our basketball insider at 9 o'clock. And get your thoughts on BYU and Navy playing tonight. And we want to hear from everybody. How are you fans? How are Aggie fans feeling? Watching the Cougars play on national TV on Labor Day. A weird, weird start to the college football season that promises only to be weirder. All right, we'll hear from all of you next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Apparently, Aaron Rodgers, for all the years that he was playing for the Packers, was mad at McCarthy because McCarthy was with the Niners and they drafted Alex Smith. All these years, Aaron Rodgers held that against him. Right now, as we speak, are you holding a grudge against somebody? No, no, no I try no, not I to be a real grudge holder. I've got a word doc of a list. Are, are you, you have an actual <laughs> enemies list? How many are on it, Lawson? Uh, 26, I think. I think you need to start scratching names off that list. Not scratching out names on the list like done, eliminated. It's that, a forgiveness I mean, thing. I, yes. That's not a completion. <laughs> exactly. Vengeance had. Cross off. Turn this out. Catch the Big Show. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK Hot Takes and Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the morning, Ute fans, be honest. What are your football feelings when BOU plays Navy on national TV on Labor Day? Dustin says, although I'm not a Utah fan... I'm incredibly jealous. My team isn't playing, to be honest. Painful. Dustin does not identify his team. Don't know who it is. Utah, Utah State, someone else in the Pac-12 or Mountain West, or maybe he's from another section of the country, and his team isn't playing. But he's sitting it out. 
I think jealous is something that should be fueled. I think there's several emotions that you can have. Jealousy certainly is one of them on the list. (laughs) Rob has a list. Envy, jealousy, resentment, lustful, etc. I was with him until lustful. I missed out on that, but okay. Jared, however, is just happy. He said he's just glad there's college football, even if BYU is involved. Uh, Sure. That, That can be another emotion that could be on that list, too. Qualifier. Even if you're not a BYU fan. Christy says, I'll watch and I'll cheer for Navy. Yeah, I mean, if that's your, if you're a youth fan and that's your rival. But by cheering for Navy, you're admitting that they were your rival. Don't tell me that they're not your rival then. But they are your rival. And so you would cheer against them. I get it. Steven just hopes it's a good game. Enjoy a little football. Get sucked into the drama. Have a little back and forth. Yeah, I think any game is a good game now. Army 42, Middle Tennessee, nothing. I think that was a good game. The fact that it was played, absolutely, man. Go ask Middle Tennessee fans, would you rather not have played the game or would you rather get beat? I think they would say we'd rather get beat than not play the game. Jay says, I work. So it's okay, Navy by 14. You work? Good for you. You should consider yourself fortunate. What the hell does that have to do anything? <laughs> well, I won't be watching. But he's gonna be, he expects Navy to win by 14. Oh, there's plenty of ways to watch while you work now. That's that's you. She said in her life, no, I worked. There's plenty of ways to I do think, it. I think it depends <laughs> on what your job is. Uh, w- what job do you have that you can't watch? Something that uses power tools. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He's working with a table saw. He's got to pay attention. I mean, you may not be able to watch the whole thing as if you were sitting on your couch. I understand that. But at least monitor it. Maybe you can't. Maybe it just doesn't work for you. Bryson just sends us a gif of a uh, of a ship just cutting through the water. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the wake is just massive, creating its own surf. Uh, Bryson will be rooting for Navy. Yeah. A ship. Did you hear about all those Trump? Uh, the flotilla in Texas? And they, and, and they were sh- sinking? Yeah. Well, you, did, did you realize that they, uh, what, that was hap- what was happening there is they were just, I mean, it was obviously clearly on purpose because what they were trying to accomplish was boater suppression. Bada bing! <laughs> Boater suppression. Dad jokes for 500, Alex. That's, a, that's good enough, though. The people will shake their That was terrible, PK. And then, an hour later, hey, did you hear about the flotilla in Texas? <laughs> Pretty clever. <laughs> that sucked. Let me run over here and tell it to a new audience. <laughs> yes, it does suck. I admit it, but it's worth repeating. Uh, Ben says, I'm not watching that. I'm watching the U.S. Open. I'm not, but if you want to watch that, Ben. (laughs) Go go watch it. No Jokovic after he uh, got himself. tennis ball off the neck for me. Kicked out. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Things I haven't seen before. That. I haven't seen that before. Uh, Chris, I'm not happy. Why are some leagues and teams playing? And the Pac-12 and the Big Ten got the shivers and called it quits. 
Soft! Exclamation point. Softly. Hey, Mountain West. Uh, Mountain West. We're, we're Mountain West uh, community also. And that's a lot of football to be played. Uh, in, in my mind, a lot of times, not too bad of football either. <laughs> Clearly, it's guys from the NFL from that conference just about every year, if not every year. Yeah, we went, we went golfing during the day on Saturday, so I didn't get a chance to watch college football. But at night, I did. I was flicking around. There's a lot of stuff on now with uh, a bunch of sports going on and uh, watched a little bit of the Memphis game. Quarterback used to is a transfer from ASU. So I was checking in on him, and, and my wife says, man, this, this, doesn't this make the Big Ten and the Pac-12 look silly? I said, well, yeah, as of right now, uh, you know, again, there's a bunch of words that you could put there. We'll see. We'll see what happens as it plays out. But right now, it seems like maybe they should have given it a shot. So do you think the rest of the Pac-12 will go without the California schools? Or they'll get the day of tests and then they'll get cleared to play. Because the NFL well, teams are, are practicing. The college teams aren't allowed to practice. But if you can test day of and you don't take resources away from anybody else, that's how the NFL team's got the go-ahead. So with this new 15-minute test, are they going to get the go-ahead? Because if they, if they were going ahead right now, in September, they'd you know, it'd be two-thirds of the league playing or half the league playing, depending on what happened with the Oregon schools. Well, the, they, they weren't going to prom- prohibit the NFL. I mean, the colleges, they can withhold money from you. What is Newsom going to, to do, do to, to the, the NFL, NFL teams? Yeah. So, it's a, come on, don't be so naive. Well, they, they did this to get the go-ahead for some yin-yang in office. That wasn't it at all. But if the Pac-12 were going right now, it would be half the league, leaving half the league behind. I think they've dug in their heels right now, so they're going to they're gonna try to save face and act like that the, they've got some great testing thing that allows them to play. You pick the date. Whichever date you pick, they're going to do it. I mean, we, I, I watched. They didn't have game day in the traditional sense, but they had game day uh, to the, the, the new version of game day on Saturday, and I was at the gym, and they had Larry Scott on there, and, and he's going on and on about this new testing, and so – I think that's what they're going to do, and that's how they're going to allow themselves to save face that they got this thing here. And I saw Herb Street's thing, and you know, and I appreciate what he did, and I've got no problem. I agree with everything he said, and his raw emotion is real. I think I would also add to, you know, what what is we can do better? Is that just a, is we a a, a a pronoun for white people? Uh, and that's fine too, but let's also put some hope into it. You know, you can make it. You can succeed in this country because there's been millions of you, whoever you might be, who've done it. I would just like to add some more positive to the message. It's a, a lot of it's negative, and that's great. I agree with everything he said. No problem there. But I'd also say, hey, but throw the, the caveat out there that you can make it, and you can succeed, and you can do it. And you may have to try ten times harder, which is unfair, completely unfair, but you can still do it. And I know millions of, not millions, I mean, I mean, I know personally many who've done it, and certainly there's been millions and millions who've done it. That's just my little soapbox to try to be positive. Well, Jared is positive. I'm pleasantly surprised that BYU and Navy is happening. And I'm genuinely happy there's football. I agree. Meanwhile, we got, honestly, meh. Why? Meh. Then you're not a college football fan. 
Or they can't stand BYU, so they can't enjoy it. I mean, the question of the morning is for Ute fans. The rivalry lives on. Yeah, but this is so much bigger than BYU-Navy. This is a, a progress against something that is, that has really hindered us as a nation and as a world. And if there are ways to overcome while living with this thing, that's what it's about. And the game itself, really, in the grand scheme of things, probably doesn't mean a whole lot. But the fact that there's possible ways to, to deal with this issue that we've got and maybe we can get to where we want to be as we progress and vaccine and testing and all that stuff. Maybe not. Maybe we end up finding, nope, just couldn't do it, so we're going to have to shut it down. Have to see how that plays out. But to me, all these games are far more representative of something bigger. And when the NFL starts on Thursday, something bigger. Because the bubble in the NBA and the hockey and the soccer before that, when they were down there, okay, in a in a so-called sterile environment, you know you could pro you can you can do this as we've seen the NBA, it's gone off uh, relatively hitch-free, uh, somewhat of a different circumstance. You could say personal sacrifice, whatever that might be, but they've done that. Well, now this is something that's beyond that. You know we're getting on a plane, and we're we're doing this with young people, and we're doing it in bigger numbers than what they've had with baseball. Because baseball's been doing this now for, what, almost two months? Uh, less than that. Uh, and they've been getting on planes and, and doing it. Well, now you're taking a bigger group and doing it. So I view it as a sign of progress. The last thing I view it as a sign of meh. Meh. I, I, I get it. It's not your team. So you're trying to – the goal of many U fans is to minimize and marginalize BYU as much as possible. We're getting to that's that. That's an ignorant take in this case. We're getting to some of those. Uh, some people are just screwing around. Alex sent us a gif of uh, 10 guys in dress whites dancing in front of, uh, in front of I, it's supposed to, I don't know the buildings in Annapolis, but it looks, it's an old columns and stone and all that. It looks like something that could be at Annapolis for 100 years. Somebody else sent us Captain America saluting the camera. Good luck, Captain America in blue. Yacht just saluted his computer screen. That was a little weird. No. It's, you're saluting Captain America I know back. the exact gif that they're talking about. I've seen it yeah. many a time. And then there's Jeremy. These cannot be Ute fan comments. Here's one. Eat crap, BYU. I hope you lose 100 to 3. Why 3? I think you would want to shut out, Jeremy. If you hate BYU that much, wouldn't you want them blanked? The goose egg. You know, if you lose by 97, I don't know that it really matters if you, if you scored a field goal. The shutout, it just salt in the wound at that point. Yeah. You've been humiliated. Yeah, if you're losing by 97. All right, hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, Facebook, DJ and PK. And if you're up early on a smoke-filled Labor Day morning, use, grab your phone. Use the app. Send us your take on the open mic, and Yach will get you on the air. All of that coming up, DJ and PK, Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. And the head coach of the Naval Academy, Ken Niamatololo. Take us back to that moment where you found out that BYU'd be the opener for your football squad. I knew that there would be a team that would have the resources to make sure that their team and their staff was safe. So I just brought up to our AD, how about BYU? He said, I'll get back to you. He must have had Tom's number on speed dial or something because he called me back within a couple of hours later. Tom, like, whoa, that was pretty quick. I have great respect for them. Kosataki, the program, the players, the type of young men they have. They're similar to our young men, great kids, great people. I know what the school stands for. I have to make sure that our team's ready to play a really good football team that's got a lot of returners coming back on their team. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. Zero Res carpet cleaning has been proven in lab results to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today by calling them at 801-288-9376. BYU and Navy, tonight, the opener. You going all in, PK? Diet. Don't worry about it. Bring on the pizza. Load it up. Little Coke Zero to wash it down. Come on, it's football. Little dip. Little what's, chips. What's this? Hit the guacamole. Mm. I'm there to watch football, not to eat. If you want to eat, have it. But I'm going to watch football. That's that's what I'm there for. All right. Bowl of soup and some crackers for PK. Well, I'm going to do what I do, whatever I, I hadn't thought about. It's just probably a hamburger or something. It's just it's Labor Day. Six o'clock tonight, the Cougars and the Midshipmen, and we're about to get, uh, well, I don't know if we're about to get some answers. I hope we're about to get some answers on Navy and who they are, but uh, practices haven't been that open, so we'll see what Pete Medhurst knows. He's going to join us in a couple minutes. Your biggest questions about BYU right now, PK? Well, there's a couple of things. I have questions that relate to BYU, and I have questions relating how they will play against Navy. That's two different things, right, because they're going to face this option attack. So how are they going to do that? How are they going to defend that? Well, that's particular to Navy, and I realize after a bye they got Army, so it will probably be better the second time around. And then, uh, I, you know, I don't really know what uh, these Texas teams run or Western Kentucky runs or what North Alabama runs. <laughs> So I can't say that they won't see it again. Maybe they will. That's my ignorance. But then relative to BYU, yeah, are they going to be able to run the ball effectively? Uh, who are going to be their pass catchers? Who's going to take the place of uh, Bushman to be able to? Because when BYU's offense is humming, we know that the tight end has been a significant factor in that over the years. We're going back many, many years now. And when they're when that position is solidified, they're usually pretty good offensively. Well, they suffered a major blow to that situation because Bushman was a big time player, probably hopefully for his sake, an NFL player. So those are those are questions that we have relative to BYU, not BYU versus Navy. There's a difference there, uh, and so you know I'm not usually you would look at the secondary and say, how are they going to defend that? Well, you got Navy, so you're not worried about that as much. And they do have some experience. Uh, I don't think there's any question that this is the most experienced team that Colony Satagi has brought back. And so with that in mind, you're expecting better production. 
you can't keep saying you're young, 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 and then when you're not young anymore, see the difference. <laughs> because then there didn't matter that you were young. They just you weren't good, right? Because when you're saying, oh, we're young, that's a synonym for saying we're not as good as we want to be. You don't say that. You just say we're young. Well, that's right. what you mean. But then when you get down the road, if you're good, then you can back and say, well, they were young and inexperienced, and they played a few games and got a year under their belt, and then they were good. Right. As opposed to when you're still not good. Well, you were young, but that didn't matter. You just weren't very good, and you weren't very good when you got older. Right, exactly. And sometimes that happens. Uh, but, you know, I'm expecting them, generally speaking, to be pretty good now against this rushing attack that, that – Navy employees, that's a different animal. So I don't know how they're going to respond to that because I've never seen them play that. So it's not, you know, usually back in the, in the Mountain West days, you had a fairly good idea because you saw them the year before. And so you knew, and then plus you knew the attack that the other team had because you saw them the year before. And you knew who was on their team and you knew hey watch out for this guy watch out for that guy well that's the deal with BYU's schedule and a lot of times you don't have a frame of reference because and especially in this case which is you know the this is the bizarre of the bizarre right because they had to put together something uh how many teams is it, is it just north alabama and houston uh, what were yeah i think they're down were? i think they're down to two i'd have to yeah, look they were at the down schedule. to houston and north alabama Right. The 12 went down to 2, and now it's gone back up to 8. Correct. And really, it's really North Alabama. They did flip locations on Houston, so only one is exactly the same. Right. But uh, so you're throwing together these teams, and I haven't paid a lick of attention, at least with Houston. You know, you see them to a degree. North Alabama, I thought, well, I'm not going to worry about paying attention to them because that's a money game late in the season, and this is what they do. Most teams play them early, but with the BYU's situation of scheduling early and more difficult later, they schedule them late. So you figure that's a game that they were going to put in November, and that's a game that was going to start on noon on their own television network, and they were going to win. So why worry about that, you know? So that's that's the what we do with the Cougars and their schedule when it comes time for that particular week late in the season. And it usually, you know, they, they win and win handily, and it's played, and they throw it on BYU TV, and off we go. So these teams that they're playing, there's, there's virtually no familiarity with them. But they're not playing them today. They're playing Navy. And even though I don't necessarily have familiarity with their individual now, we all know what their program does and how they're playing offensively. We know. You just change the names, but we know the attack. But I haven't seen BYU defend that. I think it was Jay Drew sometime in August asked Tuiaki, you know, what's your experience defending it? He said, I have none. Zero. Zippo. <laughs> that would be it. Now, Kalani has coordinated it, it a few times, right? He was there when they were in the Mountain West. Yeah, so they played. Well, also both times that they played Navy in the bowl games at Utah, he was the coordinator. Right. So he's got some familiarity, but it's been a good long while. So there's a lot of intriguing aspects into this game that even if it was, that's the thing about this game, though. If it was a, say everything was normal and there was no pandemic, this game would still be intriguing. And then the, the time slot you put it in screams Labor Day night, screams college football because the NFL hasn't started yet, right? And they traditionally don't start. It's the Thursday after. So this time slot screams it's like Dallas Cowboys Thursday afternoon or Thanksgiving afternoon, which obviously is a Thursday, right? We have that's what we've been having for as long as I can remember. 
that's what you do. Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving on a, th- which is the Thursday at like three o'clock. I'm watching the Cowboys. They could be zero and ten or whatever week that is when they get there. You're still watching it. Same thing with Labor Day, college football, Labor Day night. It's what we do. It's what I do anyway. It was supposed to be Virginia and Georgia, well, Bronco, coming off a good year, and Georgia's supposed to be really good. But and I would watch that. Not happening. Those leagues taking week one off. Actually, the SEC yeah. still is like three weeks away. <laughs> college, yeah, it is. college football's all it's over 19th. the map. I mean, it's mostly we're mostly looking at the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because they're not playing. But the ACC needed a week, and the Big 12 needed a week, and the SEC decided they needed three weeks. And we got <laughs> at the at the bowl subdivision level. There's Leagues going, but leagues not going, and then there's some leagues that aren't going that said, "Well, you can schedule if you want." And some teams scheduled three games, and Central Arkansas scheduled nine. It's like there is. If you've ever seen, if you ever wondered what a sport looks like when there isn't a commissioner, it's decentralized, and you know the NBA would never look like this, right? Or the NFL, but college football, holy cow, all over the map. But that map opens up tonight for BYU and Navy at 6 o'clock. Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy, will be calling the game, and he is going to join us next as we try to figure out some of the mysteries that are midshipman football. We'll do that next. Stay with us.